On this episode of All Things Business, the podcast, we're joined by our new digital partner, DFA Law, and we've got the practice manager and partner, Danny Roberts. Danny, thanks for joining us. No problem, Fraser. Thanks for having me. Um, we've been our digital partner. Um, why was that something that DFA wanted to get involved with? Being a local law, uh, law firm, and we've always been local, um, we try and support local where we can, um, in, particularly in business, um, also in charity and things. But I got first to know all things business in um, November 2018 when I attended the business awards that um, Kerry Reynolds from Metro Bank invited me along to. Um, and it was a new brand at that time. It might not, but, but certainly to me, it was a new brand. Yeah. Um, and I think, it, you know, I've seen it go from strength to strength. I think the place you've got in the market you work in is growing. Um, I think your recent changes, to me, they feel like as if something's growing. Um, obviously, the team's got bigger as well. Um, you know, so it's something we're happy to get on board with and, and support. Are you relaxed? Nearly. 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 Good. A good. Give me 35, 40 minutes and I'll be... We'll be all Absolutely right. Absolutely fine. So we're going to kick off because one thing that is unique about your um, partner role at DFA Law is that you are not a trained or qualified solicitor. So yep. it's quite um, different for a law firm to have a, a, a non-solicitor as a partner. So um, your role as practice manager and partner, obviously, just talk that through us. How did that opportunity come about for you? Uh, well, previously I was at a law firm in Northampton called Turner Coulston, um, which later became Borneo Martel Turner Coulston. I was there for 22 years um, and I got approached to join DFA in 2017 and I had a couple of meetings with DFA and laid out that, you know, what my visions were for um, how the law firm could progress and that if I was to join, um, I would you know, want a slice of the pie for want of a better phrase. So um, they were on board with that. Um, and then, yeah, it happened in April 21. Because quite, it's, I mean, I, 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 I don't think there's anybody locally that has. No, I mean, so to become a partner in a law firm under our regulations, you have to change your uh, legal entity structure to become an ABS, which is an alternative business structure under the solicitor's regulation rules. Um, I think there are a couple of law firms in Milton Keynes that have done it. Um a lot more sizable than us um, but certainly for a firm of our size with our sort of employee level and, and numbers then yeah we're probably the only one um, to do it but I think that shows that we're a forward-thinking um, firm you know lawyers are good at being lawyers finance people are good at doing finance um, I pretend to do a bit of both <laughs> you're doing a good job of it thank you're you doing a good job so um partnership that was was it 2020 april 21 yeah uh financial start a new financial year in april 21 it was actually set to be april 20 um something happened in april 20, yeah i can't it? remember exactly what happened um i think there was some news i can't remember exactly uh but one thing i do vividly remember is i went into the office uh towards the middle of march when we were still allowed to. And um, Mark Brown, who's one of the partners at DFA, um, he said to me that he didn't think I should do it um, in April 20 because he was concerned about what the outlook looked like in terms of what the government were um, saying, etc. Yeah. Um, and he didn't want my first year as an equity partner and ergo self-employed to be one of strain and stress. Um, and he thought that it might be a better decision for me to 
stay on as a salaried member of staff and, and be guaranteed an earning, which it actually cost me money in the end. I've worked it all out. Um, I can imagine. But it was, you know, it was a nice thing for him to say because they could have, you know, when you become an equity partner, you, you, you invest capital. Um, so rather than take my money and, you know, potentially see it struggle, he was quite, you know, his moral compass was in the right direction. I suppose that almost sort of concreted the relationship as well, though. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I get on really well with all four of my partners. Um, we've also got three non-equity partners. Um, hopefully, you know, we continue to grow and that can change. But I get on well with all of them. You know, some of them have become really good friends. Um, and, you know, it makes for a nice working environment. Um, yeah, and I, I wouldn't change it now. So we're going to, um, people that don't know you, because I'd go that you're... Um quite well known for, for good reasons <laughs> <coughs> in Northamptonshire and, uh, and, and Northampton. So um, we, people that regularly listen to the podcast, know that we mock you about golf, that we don't want to play with you because you are yep. <coughs> talented, should we say? Previously, yeah. previously talented at golf. To, yeah, to, to previous, yeah, I was going to get onto that in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, huge golf fan. Um, obviously, I think our... Our relationship blossomed when I go back to 2019, um, when I came in to see you at DFA Law, it's Christmas jumper day, um, you're wearing an Aston Villa jumper, and me being a, a fellow Aston Villa fan, I think that sort of set us off on uh, on our um, love and joy of football and the... Um... I'm glad my last impression was 2019, because it was actually 2018, um, we met at the Business Awards. Did oh, and, still you just, and you had just started here. Still 2019. It wasn't the year before. November 2019. You might want to edit it. It's de- we'll, definitely we'll edit, November 18. We'll edit that beat out. <laughs> we'll edit that beat out. Um, but yeah, um, huge Villa fan. Um, big football fan in general. Yep. Um, a lot of people probably won't know that you're um, football coach as yep. well. Qualified uh, football coach, yeah. level one, FA level one. So that's, um, you guys look after, um, well, sorry, not you guys, you look after Elsbarton under 11s? Elsbarton under 11s, yeah. yeah. Uh, and a good friend of mine is assistant coach. Um, and essentially, it's a, it's a small village team, effectively. They all pretty much go to school together. Um, there's a mixed um, array of talent, um, but they, they tend to love playing football and just being together and you know, got a nice attitude towards it. Well, one thing, obviously, you're obviously involved in the football and the coaching, but... DFA Law also support Ellsbarton Football Club as well, which is funny. Yeah, we sponsor a co- you're a, you're yeah. a partner there and a, and a coach and DFA. Yeah, Law I th- you know, I'm 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 a firm believer in giving back, and um, you know, yes, it's some marketing or advertising for us, but it's really not about that. It's about facilitating children to be able to play football. Um, this last year, with the economic climate we have, has proved that even more. You know, th- things like football do cost. Um, it's not run for profit by the football club, but um, you know the kit costs, the match balls cost, the referees' fees costs. Um, so whatever we can do to sort of help that, you know, we're happy to do. Um, some of it my partners probably don't know about, so Possibly. shouldn't talk about yeah, it too much. Yeah, to I think we also much. sponsor Road Under Twelves as well, um, because one of our senior solicitors is um, involved at Road Football Club. So, so sports, sports a big impact into your life. We'll get onto golf because I. Um, I was fortunate enough to play the county course last week for the first time. Those that don't know, I chipped in from 155 yards and told everybody I knew straight away. Um, I jokingly texted you whilst I was there and said, was it 2014 and 2018 were good years? To which you reminded me that there's actually, there should be eight 
um, entries. On yeah, the managed to get my name on the board at uh, <coughs> Northampton County and then eight went times. One yeah. further by saying if I went to Kingsthorpe, it was twenty. I think it's twenty-three. Twenty-three. Yeah, yeah. I've, so, I've been, been left there a while, so I can't remember exactly. But no. So with your golf, we we um, I think that's where we've gotten as well because we have played golf. Well, I say we've played golf. You've played golf, and I've wandered around the field looking for my ball. But um, golf's a big part of your life, right? But you didn't take it up till probably a little bit later on in life. Yeah, I think I was about 13 or 14 um, and it started like a lot of children do. Um, you know, we found a golf club somewhere um, and we're trying to hit the crossbar from various parts of the football pitch um, at Errington Park in Duston and went and had a couple of games at Delapri, which is a local municipal at the time, the only one, um, and just really enjoyed it. I wasn't particularly very good at it um, and... One summer day, I went home and in the Chronicle Echo newspaper, there was an advert for junior members at Kingsort Golf Club. Um, so my friend and I you know, asked our parents if we could do that. Um, and it was around about June, July time, and it was £10 to join for the remainder of their um, golfing year, which was the end of October. So when I went, and went home and told my dad that it was £10 membership, he thought that was either a week or a month. And, you know, it was... It was for the sort of four or five months, including the summer holidays. So um, that's when I really got into it. And I probably played most days thereafter. But my first round of golf was uh, I shot 128 with a 15 on the 15th at Kingsort. So, that's good going. Um, yeah, so it's it's been, a, it's been it's been an upward journey since then. But um, it's two rounds of golf for you now, isn't it? 128. On a really good day, that could be. Yeah. Yeah. My best ever rounds of golf have actually been in local business days i had a uh, a 65 around Northants county in the david williams golf day yeah. which was bogey free which is the only time i remember doing that and i had uh i think at overston and at overston in the pbc day i had eight birdies and two bogeys so I was six under so what's that around there 66 so um yeah i've had a couple of good days and i've you know won a few things and but it's been a great sport for me it's been great for meeting people it's been great for it's probably been great for business in a way because I've met a lot of people. Golf's got a sort of, um, I think it's got a reputation to be an elitist sport. Um, it really isn't, um, but equally it's not the cheapest thing to sort of start up and do. Um, but, you know, I've, I've certainly met a lot of good people through that, taught me a lot of good things, not just about behaviour and sort of um, socialising, but also business and, you know, conduct really. So it's been it's been great for me. Um, and hopefully it will be for a good few years yet. Yeah, hopefully if you can get your handicap back down to where it should be. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's gone up a little bit. I blame the new handicapping system, but really it's because I've become a worse golfer. But I mean, it's worse. It's it's, it's a three point six, three point zero now. Oh, three point zero. I, I did get to zero point nine, and I had a ambition to get to zero point four, which would make me a scratch golfer, and I could be able to enter the Open Championship. Um, but the last few years have been busy or yeah. um, other reasons. And yeah, I, I might, st do you know, I genuinely think I'm a better golfer today than I was when I was playing good level of events when I was 18 years old. So. <clears throat> Those that haven't had the pleasure of playing golf with um, Danny Roberts is, I always say every putt's a million dollar putt, but when Danny's breathing over your shoulder because there's um, scoring points on a stable foot on a golf day, <laughs> it's almost a $10 million putt because you can feel him breathing on your shoulder and will not not tut, but you'll 
your ability to read a green is amazing. Like I've I've sunk putts playing with you that I would have never ever in a million years done because you've okay. that that vision of what you see um, going forward. And it's not only golf. You're um, I, I I said this the other day to you. You're um, one of those annoying people, similar to Arthur, that can turn his hand to any sport and be um, efficient at it. Yeah. Was, was sport a big part for you growing Absolutely, up? Absolutely, yeah. I played all sports. Um, I played football to a fairly decent standard, uh, cricket, hockey. Um, basketball? I did play basketball. I had some challenges with basketball. Yeah. Um, my brother was a better basketball player than I. We both went to Northampton School for Boys, yeah. which is big on basketball. Um, I played rugby briefly at Northampton School for Boys, um, but... I was at school with Steve Thompson and once he tackled me once in PE, I thought <laughs> this probably isn't for me. So Never I, I again. packed that up. Um, but yeah, played all sports um, and it was, yeah, I've, golf became the main one at around the age of 21, I suppose. Um, I didn't have really time to play all of the other ones and I was fitting in cricket after golf and football after golf and um, so it was clear that golf was what I enjoyed the most. And yeah, you play what you enjoy. Um, I jest about it, but I do. I I, I enjoy playing golf with you because I think I... I Is this where a, I say I enjoy playing with you too? Yeah, please. Yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah, where um, for a few holes I will play better than I generally do because of listening to you or trying to impress you because... This, um... I genuinely try not to give too many golf tips. I'm, I'm, I think I've only ever had one twenty-minute golf lesson, uh, and that was fairly recently in the last five years. Um, and from what the pro was saying, it was I'd, I'd, I'd have had to put a lot of time and effort in, which I, I don't mind putting the effort in, but I haven't got the time, so yeah. um, so I stopped that. But so I don't try to give too many tips in terms of technical tips. Um, but you know, in golf, to bore people quickly. Half of the game is from 50 yards and in. Um, and arguably half of the game is putting. So um, I've always been a able putter. Um, and yeah, reading greens is part of that. Um, but takes, also... Takes me on to a great story. First time we played with um, our famous four ball, Richard from Horsens, um, recently retired. Um, Grant from the Aperts group. Yeah. First time you met Grant. And obviously that's always an experience. First time anybody meets Grant. And um, I think it was the first hole at Holston. Um, lovely drive to the top of the hill. You wedged in. You're probably within seven, eight foot for a putt. And you missed your birdie putt by about an inch and tutted. <laughs> <coughs> and Grant came over to me and whispered into my ear. And I won't repeat it, what he said on here. But he was like, is, is, is this bloke winding me up? <laughs> so I said, no, no, I think he's quite good. And then obviously, as it, as it went round and that, that four balls got... Um, stronger so you're obviously um, sports a big thing you obviously yep. enjoy that um, yeah to quote or, or or to say what we were talking about earlier a man of many talents right because as partner and practice manager of DFA law it wasn't always sort of like the law side that you were going to go into you're more of a as you touched on at the beginning there more of a finance background yeah um, so just sort of take us back um your journey in employment and what got you to where you are today? Okay, so um, when I was doing my A-levels in 1995, um, my parents decided that as a family we were going to emigrate to Australia. Um, so um, 
that was the family plan and university which was on my horizon um became deferred um but ultimately my brother didn't end so i've got one brother my brother didn't end up coming to australia because his girlfriend fell pregnant and he wanted to stay here um so the family did move to australia in january 96 um but i never really settled in all honesty i didn't um i was 18 years old um had a what i felt was a bit of a life here it was mainly social life it wasn't any working particularly um so i stayed in australia for around seven months and worked in australia um got quite a good job i was being paid around 12 pound an hour which in 1996 was good money. money um so essentially bought myself a flight back and came back to live in northampton um and i'll be honest that that summer so i came back in the july that summer was really difficult um i didn't really have anywhere to live as such i think i was living with my girlfriend's mother um and getting a job or a decent job and having a sort of half decent money in australia you know there's expectations of what you want to earn yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and i really struggled and uh it got to the november and or maybe october and i thought right i'm gonna go back to australia um, so I booked a flight back to Australia, I think it was the 12th of November. And back in these days, there was no mobile phones, or if they were, they were, you know, you needed a car to transport them. Yeah. Um, and by chance, I was at my nan's flat and Turner Coulston rang and they had a position that I'd applied for many months previously, which was just an office junior role. Um, and I spoke to the office manager and he said, we didn't give it, you know, interview you before because you were clearly overqualified for it. But the guy, the person we employed hasn't worked out, are you interested? I said, well, I am, but I've got a flight next week back to Australia, so it needs to be fairly quick. So I think I went in a couple of days later and was offered the job the next day, cancelled my flight and went to work at Turner Coulson on the 13th of November. And then the following summer, I was actually made redundant from Turner Coulston, um, I think around the June time. So brain had gone again. Let's go back to Australia again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a bit of a, anyway, and, and by chance, the accounts manager at Turner Coulson was a guy called Andrew Kelly. He'd been offered a role to go and work at Carlsberg and it was something he wanted to do, um, which meant the accounts assistant was going to get a promotion as accounts manager. Therefore, their vacancy as accounts assistant. And my sort of A-level results and GCSE results were strong in maths. Um, so they asked if I would reconsider my redundancy (laughs) and take a role in the accounts team. So um, I was delighted to do that. Um, And just to give some context to when I say about earning potentials and expectations, my first salary at Turner Coulson was £5,000 a year. Um, I think I came out with £408. I smoked, I drank, played golf, played cricket, played football. I'd have £408 left over. On the first day of the wages, I had £308 left over, yeah. <laughs> By the end of that first week, I didn't have very much. Um, you know, and it was, you know, my, I was living with my grandparents at that time and they had a flat in Dustin. Uh, I think they wanted £200 a month. You know, it just got a bit, it was all getting a bit. So the so the role in the accounts team was actually, uh, it was a pay rise as well. So, um, so I went into the accounts team um, and the lady who was accounts manager was take, take Nicola it. Wallace, who we actually became a couple about a year later. 
Actually, it wasn't as long as that. It didn't take me long. Um, <laughs> anyway, late in 97, um, we became a couple. And so she was my boss and she was also my girlfriend. Um, and then we later got married. Um, we, we, we moved pretty quickly in terms of a relationship and we moved in together. Um, bought our first house together in 2003. Nikki, Nikki owned a house in Abington um, and then we moved in 2003. Um, so, yeah, so my account's journey started, I suppose, and, and getting involved in the finances of a law firm. Um, it's quite intimate, the finances of a law firm. You get to see, you know, that yes, you look after clients' money, but you're also looking after the owner's money and um, dealing with debtors and, and creditors and all the other things. Um, but during that time, um, in early 2000, we were, Nikki and I were asked to help a local company called Computer Links um, with their bookkeeping. Um, we both had experience in bookkeeping. Um, I'd done some legal cashier online courses, or they weren't so much online then because <laughs> the internet wasn't as quite as what it is today. But, um, but you know, Nikki had taught me everything. She was she was bright she was beautiful and you know they asked us if we could help so we started doing some bookkeeping and we also did some for draken partners which is a, another local company yeah. um and there was a couple of other companies so we started or we set up a partnership called dnn accountancy um obviously creative in creating names yeah um and anyway so we did that and we were doing that for a few years and we were you know earning some okay money and saving up to to move house and I think it was around 2001, it might have been 2002, Computer Links got into financial trouble. Um, they um, got behind with tax and VAT and one of their directors sadly suffered a stroke and it really affected their output in their business and um, it ultimately went into liquidation. And by this point, we were probably doing, I don't know, probably 20, 30 hours a week for Computer Links. Um, and when it went into liquidation, um, there was a company based upstairs called Hostit and the main guy there, a guy called Andrew Bishop, had heard that Computer Links was, was in trouble, but they had a decent client base, they had some good products. Um, and he approached Nikki and I about buying Computer Links from the liquidators. Um, so Nikki and I had a chat, and with Nikki being my boss at Turner Coulston, we felt that if anyone was going to do it, it should be Nikki because um, it gave me a progression path, you yeah. know. Um, because I'd learned quite a lot by then, I was doing okay, and we thought, well, you know, I can cope with Turner Coulston, and I can have an assistant, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we ended up buying, or Nicky ended up investing into Computer Links, um, and a new company was formed called Nuco Technologies. Um, and if I remember rightly, we invested £10,000, which was probably everything we had, um, to buy the share that we were sort of offered from Andrew. And it was it was from Mercer and Hull with the liquidators, and we pay, they paid a hundred thousand pounds for the business, which I think was turning over around fifteen grand a month, something in that region. So it was quite a lot of money for a company turning over that amount. But they, as we said, there was a decent business. Um, anyway, so um, um, Nikki worked for free for the first year. She did some work at Turner Coulson. I think she did sort of two or three days a week. Um, and I suppose in the background, I was learning more and more and taking more and more on. Um, and then we got married in the 2006 and Samuel, our first child, came along in 2008 and Nikki never returned to Turner Coulston from that point. Um, and by then, I think 
Nuco was, you know, it turned into a, I can't remember exactly, but a, around a 1.2 million pound turnover company at that point. Yeah. Um, and a couple of years later, they bought their first data center in Milton Keynes, a 48,000 square foot um, data center, which was, I think, previously Bank of Scotland's data center. Um, because it was all around the time when the banks were struggling in 2008-9 to dispose of some assets. Um, so they managed to buy that mainly with cash. I think it was about 50-50. Um, you know, it was a, a sizable purchase. Um, yeah, and I carried on at Turner Coulston, became finance manager, um, and, you know, learned a lot about business, I suppose, through that. I've always been interested in business. I still am. Um, and ultimately, Nicky didn't work back at Turner Coulston from 2008, uh, and I stayed there till 2018, so, um, yeah, and just learned a lot more that way, and, yeah. Carried on. Um, <clears throat> whilst you've mentioned Nicky, do you want to speak about that? Because if you don't, we can move on, but... Yeah, no, what, what, um, so thing? Nicky, 2022, so 2021 for me was an amazing year, Became a partner in a law firm, um, which was not something I'd always aspired to because my career wasn't ever, you know, written down. It was very much see what comes along. Yeah. Um, but from about 2016, I think that was always my ultimate goal. So, you know, to achieve that was amazing. We'd, we'd gone through obviously 2020 and 2021 in terms of the pandemic and things. And then in April 22, uh, I should say we had another child, Oliver, in 2011. Um, and then in 2022, Nikki sadly passed away very suddenly. Um, so everything was going great. Financially, everything was, you know, brilliant. Nuka was flying, turning over three, three and a half million quid by this point. She was enjoying it. She had some big projects on the go. Um, and then, yeah. One day in April last year, 12th of April, she just died very suddenly from, well, it's still unclear exactly, but, um, so yeah, the last nine months has been, or 10 months has been horrific. It's, um, been, a, it's been a challenge for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, it has, and, you know, I'm, I tried to look at things as optimistically as I can, and I've been fortunate, you know, I, I was in a position financially where... Even if I'd had to stop, it wouldn't have wouldn't have brought everything crashing down. And um, you know, my business partners were amazing. Um, my family have been amazing, and my friends have been amazing. I wouldn't I wouldn't be sat here now without all that help. Um, and you know, and you've been very helpful. You've given Samuel lifts from football because I can't get to both venues. And um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's been really hard, but. Fairly early on in this new process, I decided that, you know, I had to show the boys, my children, that there is some hope and there is some, um, yeah, I suppose hope's the best word. Um, you know, I, without my boys, I think I probably would have just shut the hatches down and probably gone drinking and whatever else would have comforted me at that time. But um, I think there is a huge thing for me to do now and that is to work hard and show them that you can get rewards for working hard and that even when tragedy and horrific things are thrown in your way you can you can get through it with the right support sticking on that support because as a as a father of two boys 
<clears throat> I can't imagine what you've gone through. I wouldn't want to go through it myself. But I, I know your friends and family have been amazing for you. And I've tried to make you laugh along the way. Um, but who, for people that may have gone through this themselves or are extremely unfortunate to go through it in the future, what what, what support has been there for you? Because we, we spoke about it before where you, you almost felt you wanted to bottle everything up, but that made you feel worse. Yeah, there's been a whole range of things, really. Um, the first... I remember vividly that the weather was amazing in April. Um, sleep wasn't particularly something that was coming easy to me, so I was sitting in my garden really early. We, we'd got um, a puppy only the year before. Um, and <laughs> believe it or not, I'd never said this two or three years ago, but the dog has been a great support. He probably looks at me as if I'm absolutely crazy sometimes. But, um, you know, my my children have struggled at times, um, but equally they've been extremely strong as well and my main focus has been on them um and as long as i can be strong for them we'll be okay now people say you have to look after yourself and and yes you do and i've slowly sort of found ways of um starting to enjoy things in life again and stuff like that but but it's just exceptionally hard you know i've played i don't know six or seven rounds of golf in eight months or whatever it is because the organisation that goes I used to get home from football from the coaching on a Saturday morning throw my stuff in get a shower go to golf come home five or six hours later and that was my Saturday afternoon it was my release it was my time with some good friends um, but now I've got a dog to sort out I've got two you know Oliver's only 11 um, he's only just turned 11 Samuel's nearly 15 so he's a bit more self-sufficient and he can cook himself a pot noodle Um but you know, it's it's sorting stuff out all the time for for um, for those really. So, um, but every my close friends and, and and family have been. I mean, I'm very close to Nikki's parents. Um, <clears throat> with my parents having, you know, my father still lives in Australia. My mum lives back in Dustin now. They split up, but I've always been close to Nikki's mum and dad. We've been for 25 years. I went round their house on a Wednesday, and I still do that with the boys. Um. You know, and I suppose I'm not one to think poor me because there are, no matter where you look, there's people in terrible positions. Everybody sadly goes through distress and tragedy, um, you know, and I can't ever put it right. And I still ask every single morning, why? Um, but I've got enough people that I can just text or whatsapp or you know or just phone and say you know and my the best man at our wedding um for the first two or three months just kept coming around um <laughs> and bless him i kept thinking god this is annoying but actually he was just doing it to make sure i was okay um yeah and i'm not gonna name everyone because i don't want everyone to feel like i've missed anyone out but the friends and family that have helped me they know who they are and i'm very grateful for it it's, I've said this a number of times that support network around you has been amazing because <clears throat> you you needed that and you still do need it in, in my opinion because you're trying to be strong for your boys yeah if you don't have that there yeah and there's some look there's some real tough times still 
um, I should also add that, you know, my business partners at DFA have been amazing. Um, and then when I said that some have become friends, it's probably through this last 10, 11 months. Yeah. Um, and I've probably said things to them I never thought I'd say to a business partner, but they were quite happy for me to get it out and just to listen and realise that some of the stuff I was saying wasn't sensical, nonsensical. But, um, yeah, it's been, you know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, I, 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 I get that because uh, you, you're probably struggling for the words there, but you've gone through a life-changing moment that, nobody would wish upon anybody and you are doing an amazing job i want to say thank you for the job that you're doing because the boys are amazing thank they're you. they're happy boys they're well behaved they're well mannered and that's coming from not only just from you but obviously from from nikki as well but you're doing the best of what you can in the situation um, I also want to say thank you for coming on and doing this because I appreciate it's incredibly hard talking about it, but I do believe that you could be a beacon of hope for somebody out there. That if they... Our hopes, look, there is, there's always hope. There has to be, you know, um, you, you guys got behind a campaign last winter for Dave Mansfield with his son, Jesse. Yeah. Um, and Dave and I were exchanging messages last week. Dave and I used to go to school together. Um, you know, we were mates at school. I wouldn't say we've been mates ever since, but we've been mates at school. So I'm a very sort of loyal person by by nature. Um, and we were exchanging messages last week and I think we've both been in really dark places. Um, and he was almost saying to me what I was saying to him. It was, you know, there there has to be hope. Um, and some days I don't, you know, I, don't, I feel like I've gone backwards again, but, um, you know, I, don't, I haven't woken up since that day not wanting to go back. But that's not the right way to go forward. So um, I did a mental health first aid course in January 22. Yeah. Um, and I honestly believe that's helped. Um, I did it more for the staff at DFA, you know, to give, it was a stressful time with all the um, things happening, the pandemic and everything else. <clears throat> you know, but I, what I really wanted to do at DFA, just if I'm going off track a bit, but I want it to be an environment where everybody can try and enjoy themselves and feel um, that they're empowered to be whatever they want to be. And that that's not an easy thing to do with 40-odd staff. <clears throat> um, but, you know, things like the mental health sort of first aid point for them to go to, you know, we've brought in a lot of benefits for the staff. Um, I believe we looked after them through the pandemic in terms of, yes, we used the furlough scheme. I think we had five or six people on furlough, um, but we paid them the full for wages you know we didn't make any redundancies we actually grew in 2020 believe it or not um you know so i'm i'm very keen to make it a decent place and i'm probably a bit naive but i if, if everybody treated me if everybody treated everybody how they want to be treated themselves the world would be a lot better place um yeah it would and you know yes my personal circumstances are pretty bad at times there's a lot to be grateful for and, and the things we've built together um, and Nikki became a successful business person in her own right. I hate that she can't share my success now, um, but she's left a legacy for the boys. I'm determined that they, you know, they're too young to understand that at the moment, um, but I'm determined they will know what that is at the right time. Um, 
I've still got enough drive in me to want to create my own. There's some days I think I can't do this and some days I want to get out of bed um, and I drive to school with a woolly hat on and not showered and, you know, but I go home, have a word with myself, come back, uh, stick a suit on and go to work. Um, but work's actually been really helpful in the main, you know, there's, it's a distraction if nothing else. Um, and I work with good people. I'd genuinely give any, I'd, I'd help any single one. I'd help anyone to be fair. Um, but work's been a good distraction. You know, we've got, I've got a couple of tough things coming up. I've got the anniversary. Um, and I've, we've got mother's day and it was Nikki's birthday last week. Um, but you know, I, I just look at the board. Genuinely, I do do. And it sounds a bit prescriptive, but I just look at the boys and think, "How can I make them okay?" And as long as I can make them okay, hopefully, I'll be better in a few years. And you know, whatever. And, and, There's no timeline, on it, but whatever. Um, I just want to tell you, you are you are doing. Like I said a minute ago, you are doing a fantastic job. I look at me and I think, could I do what Danny Roberts is doing? And I'll be honest with you, I don't think I could. You could. Cause you, no, there's, <coughs> no, there's no choice for us. I know, I'd have to. There is no choice, there is no alternative. And that's... I look at how you balance you know, a dad, um, sport, school, work, the 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 grief that you're going through and just think, it's yes, it's it's, it's amazing. Thank you. We'll try and get on to a, something a little bit more. Um, looking into the future, it's difficult for what? Danny Roberts' future looks like, but DFA, obviously you've grown, you've added um, a couple of new partners over the year. What, is, what does the future look like for, for DFA Law? Well, hopefully very good. Um, you know, we, we've been around a long, long time, 185 years. Um, the legal market in Northampton, Northamptonshire is very strong. Um, you know, I think when I actually joined DFA, I, DFA, I had to do a presentation on um, what I saw the challenges being, etc. And I think there was around 54 law firms in Northamptonshire at that time. Yeah. There's probably a few less now with some consolidations and mergers um, and some retirements. But, you know, it's still it's, it's still very competitive. Um, we've grown year on year. I think last year was our best ever year. This year's, which ends at the end of this month, looks like being um, better than last year. You know, there's a lot of grey clouds in the media as, as to what yeah, the yeah, financial yeah. future and cl economic climate looks like. Um, but I'm very pleased with the people we've got, the people I work with. Um, you know, I always refer to everyone as a colleague. Nobody works for me or, um, because yes, there's five equity owners, <clears throat> but there's 40 odd of us that make, you know, make that business work. Um, I have growth plans for DFA. Um, one of them we won't get to next year, which was part in my plan, but, um, that's you know that's not all our fault um but, you know I, I hope we can go from strength to strength and continue to recruit good people staffing and recruitment is exceptionally difficult i'm sure i wouldn't be alone in saying that yeah. um and retention is equally difficult but as i've touched on previously we, we've put some benefits in place if we can make the invo you know, we've, we've invested in the office we've um made staff breakout rooms we've redesigned the offices we've um invested quite well in that you know, we're having a staff wellbeing day um, in September, which is to all staff and extended family. You know, we're doing a it's a knockout type um, event, um, you know, and we, and we just try and I just want if we can look after our staff, we'll be absolutely fine. You know, and <coughs> yeah, the challenges in business at the moment are people either getting the right people, keeping the people. And um, yeah, what you've done with the office is amazing. Um, 
The doors look fantastic. The flooring looks great. Uh, I think there's an amazing sign just in the reception that looks really good. Um, the meeting rooms all look good. It's, it's, it's welcoming when you come in. Yeah. That's not only for visitors and clients. That's no, it's stuff. not. It's about making a better place to, to be in, you know, and I think, you know, the challenges we've got aren't just in our own making. You know, we, within a sort of 15-mile sort of circle, we've got big city firms paying city rates, and we can't compete with that. Um, but we can compete on the quality of work we get. We punch above our weight in terms of the quality of clients we've got, um, and we can provide a proper work-life balance. And if I can ha- make that a happier place in the in the hours that we are at work, because we're all at work a long time, then... You know, there's not a lot more you can do. Um, you know, and I think DFA's reputation is very good. I think we've we've had a change of um, appearance over the last five, yeah. six years. And I don't just mean branding-wise, you know, in terms of the personnel. Um, you know, we've got our, our ownership is very young. Um, I'm the second oldest partner at 45. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, so we've got a long, hopefully we've got a long period ahead of us where we've all got the same goals we've all got the same ambitions um and i'm very very confident we can do it um i've got no i've got no intention of dfa becoming you know a 20 million pound turnover law firm that doesn't interest me at all i like you know i'd like us to get a bit bigger i'd like us to you know grow organically where we can um and we're on the right path to do that so you know i'm i'm very confident you know we i i honestly believe we've got a brilliant legal team um and that's all very well having brilliant team heads of departments you know our, our my challenge i suppose is to 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 attract good people below that level but with an aspiration that this is what you might be able to have awesome um <clears throat> again i know i've said thank you a couple of times but i really do want to say thank you for coming on um hopefully Fine. people have found this insightful on i hope so look and if any and i I'm, i don't say this lightly if anybody is struggling and they want to have a chat just send me a message i will you know i've got no shaming sitting in a pub crying um you know there are coping mechanisms there are um you know i should just say as well that my son at primary school has had really good pastoral care and they've been amazing at Cookdale primary school um he had a period where he was um struggling a bit and they they, they arranged for some counseling and he did that um and he had a wobble again the friday before half term but they took him aside. He, you know, spent some time with one of the um, lead teachers there. Um, you know, and I can't ask for more than that. That's 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 fine. So if I can offer anything back, I'm happy to try and do it. I can't promise it will be uh, successful, but you know, nobody should suffer in silence. And um, you know, there's a there's a when you look around, there generally are amazing people around you. So good. Thank you, Danny. You're welcome, Fraser. Thank you. Yeah.